0: In Texas, an attempted car theft goes wrong for the car thief when he finds someone is waiting for him inside the car. In Connecticut, a pastor is accused of selling crystal meth, and we're going to give you the details on that in these stories and so much more coming at you today, Monday, February 19th on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm once
1: again not Woody Overton. <laughs> Who are you? He is still missing in action. I'm actually a combination of Mike and Woody today. I'm gonna do Mike Overton. Woody's stories as Woody and Mike's stories as Mike. There uh, you go. We can tell you that we do know the secret location where Woody is. <laughs> we just can't give it out, and that he is neither um sick and uh and dying, nor uh, has he left uh, the country with uh, with someone. So he will be back next episode, but he is not with us today. So we're gonna jump
0: right into some crime time for Monday, manic Monday, manic Monday. That's right. A Texas man was shot to death after breaking into a truck while the owner was asleep inside with a rifle in reach. Deputies responded to the scene of a shooting overnight at an apartment complex in North Houston. The owner of a truck awoke to find another man inside the vehicle, having broken in, and the owner, well, he opened fire with his AR-15 that was sitting in his lap. That's right. The thief did die at the scene, and that thief was armed with pistols. Deputies say the man only happened to be sleeping inside of his truck that night because he'd gotten in a fight with his girlfriend. They got in a little argument. She said, you're not sleeping in the house. And That's a big argument because well, the couch couches
1: yeah. for little arguments. That's right. <laughs> Get out in your car is for big. Sleep in your car. Yeah,
0: Yeah. He had a big argument. So it's likely the accused thief didn't notice there was anyone inside the truck when he opened the door. They shouldn't be out there doing it in the first place. I don't believe that he realized that the reportee was sleeping in this truck before it was too late. That from Police Sergeant Ben Ball. A deputy said at least three other vehicles appeared to have been broken into before the accused thief targeted that truck. Officials did not say if charges would be brought against the truck owner. I don't see how you can in a case where the guy was armed and he breaks into your vehicle and you just so happen to be sleeping in there. And, you know, wow, did he have some bad luck that night?
1: Yeah, that... uh... That was not a good choice of car. Uh, uh, I can't believe he wouldn't have seen the How do you not see the Maybe guy? the guy was laying in the back seat. I mean, I'm sure he was He was probably
0: laying in the back seat, uh, and the guy, you know, you look in the front seat, it's dark. You open the door, and yeah, you're I mean, focused on the front seat, maybe going through the console, and all of a sudden you got an AR-15 pointed up your nose.
1: Well, sure he didn't see him, because if he would have seen him, he probably would have seen the AR and would have decided yeah, it was probably a better bad idea, better other car to to target in that lot. So yeah, so uh
0: I, you know, let's talk about the charges for a second. Though, do you think any charge can be brought against this guy? I don't. I don't think so.
1: Not in Texas.
0: Not in, te- Not in, te- <laughs> yeah. in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So um, well,
1: they have stand your ground law there for sure. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, I, I don't think that gets five minutes worth of attention in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, I, don't think I mean, personally, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I
0: mean, my personal opinion is if the guy was armed uh and he breaks in your car and you shoot him, that's kind of his fault. I'd say that's open and shut. Yeah. I'd agree with you. So there you go. Right out of Houston, North Houston,
1: North Houston. Well, we're going to go to Nigeria. That's far from North Houston. It is. It's a, it's a long drive from North Houston, but, uh, this is a story about a romance scammer, and he, uh, he sort of walks us through. He's reformed now. He walks us through— He's reformed? The tricks of the <laughs> trade, yeah. So right. rippling biceps, short blonde hair, and a military uniform was the mask of choice for Christopher Maxwell. During five years as a romance scammer, Christopher, who's now 24— posed as an American army man to prowl social media platforms and dating sites in search of victims. He successfully tricked up to 50 women into sending him more than $80,000. The self-confessed reformed scammer revealed the deceptive and cruel tricks he used to seduce women across the English-speaking world from the UK to the US, Canada, and Australia. Christopher, who is using a pseudonym and now works as a consultant at a fraud-busting group called Social Catfish, started scamming in 2016 as a way of making some extra money during his second year of college in Nigeria. I had no money and my family was broke, so I had to do something. I chose to go into scamming. Oh, okay. Okay. An interesting career choice, Christopher. I know people might not understand, but I'm a professional, and it was my full-time job. It took months to get to that level, like training for any other job. Once I got the job, I scammed every day. Christopher says he used a 40-page Bible for scammers in Nigeria entitled, How to Make a White Woman Fall in Love with You from Online Chat. It's a long but catchy title, Jim. Yeah, it is. The book, which has now been removed from most online stores, thankfully, offers a step-by-step guide for romance scammers with scripts of romantic phrases, conversation starters, and questions that it promises will make vulnerable people fall head over heels in love with you. It says the types of women who are easier to get and who will fall in love with you ASAP without much stress are those over the age of 40. It says they are working, hence they have the money you need. Also, being single at 40, they're eager for love. Once the target is identified, the playbook instructs scammers to do their research before chatting up their client. You'll want to find out everything you can before chatting with her, as this will help later on. Check her social media bio for information. It can be her hobbies, her pets, her job, passions, if she has kids, where she lives, what she loves, etc., etc. Just take out a pen and paper and list all of them next to her name. For the opening message, the book recommends complimenting women on their activities or what they enjoy and asking a question relating to it. It says, you want to go gentle and different. Don't send her a simple hi message. Send something that will make her like you from the very first text message. Something that will make her open your message and her heart to you. Once the conversation is flowing, the book says, make it about her. It says, Western women like talking about themselves. They will think you care and will fall in love with you. Next, it instructs the criminals to compliment women using one of 60 suggested phrases, such as, I can't believe I found someone like you, or your mind is just as sexy as your beauty.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Women are more susceptible to messages at night, it claims. Get to know her time zone and text her around 10 p.m. Night is when you can easily get her to fall in love with you. You will have her full attention, and if the chat goes well, she will sleep thinking about you. Scammers are told to take their time in asking for money and make sure that they build the victim's trust first. Spend days talking about random things. It can be time-consuming, but it's totally worth it. When it comes to asking for money, ask without looking like you are asking. When she asks you about your day, you can tell her it was bad and then tell her, that you're broke, that you're behind on your mortgage, that your mortgage company is going to uh, kick you out, or your landlord's going to kick you out, and you've exhausted every means to uh, to get money. He primarily targeted women in their fifties and sixties who appeared to be recently divorced or widow. Widowed, I can take advantage of that. The dating apps make it easy because you can set your interest on your profile to a particular age, and it brings up people in that age group. His profile showed pictures of a man he had found online who was in the army and he told women he was an American and had been deployed to Afghanistan, sometimes to Israel or Korea. He would wait until he had gained their trust before asking for money. He says it would depend on the victim how long I waited to ask for the money. I've gotten money in three days, but sometimes it can take a month or more. His biggest windfall came from a 61-year-old American woman, he says, who sent him a total of $30,000 during their a six-month relationship. However, she used Social Catfish, which is the company this guy now works for, um, and was able to track him down after she found out it was a scam. When he was confronted by the woman whose life he had ruined, he says he felt terrible and is happy he no longer has the scam to make a living. So her catching him is what uh, scared him straight, I guess you could say. The National Crime Agency says that the majority of romance scams originate from fraudsters in West Africa. Nigeria and Ghana in particular are the com- countries that, uh, that most of these fraudsters uh, uh, are from. Christopher reels that the biggest tell that you're speaking to a scammer is if they won't show their face video, uh, via video conference call. Avoid anyone who says they cannot meet because they are in the military or live overseas. He also says if they confess love too quickly and demand the same in return, it's surefire that it is a scam.
0: We'll go to, back to Florida, and a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission filed felony and misdemeanor charges against eight people after a multi-year investigation, uh, and they discovered that this uh, this group was illegally trafficking venomous and unlawful snakes. Nice. Yep. Not many people like snakes, especially Indiana Jones. That was a Woody story. What he was going to do a story on snakes? Yeah, he well he refused to do it when he saw it. <laughs> but I think it's pretty good. The investigation kicked off in 2020 after receiving reports and complaints about uh, a black market that is used for the sale and purchase of highly dangerous, venomous reptiles in Florida. Fish and Wildlife said the illegal sale, purchase, transport, and caging of these snakes. Poses a significant threat to the public. That's obvious. It also threatens the long-term well-being of state wildlife populations. Uh, the other concern is that if the animals were to escape, they could easily thrive and breed, giving given Florida's subtropical climate. That's the real, the main issue in my
1: mind. And you see them, uh, you see all the time where you know Miami Dade cops are having to get you know Burmese pythons out of yeah. neighborhoods.
0: And so. Well, and and those are. You know, they are uh, in the Florida swamps and, and all of those sorts of things. But when I read you some of these snakes, you're going to, you definitely don't want these uh, getting loose in Florida. The investigation uncovered nearly 200 snakes made up of 24 different species from seven, seven different regions across the globe. They were purchased or sold by undercover agents with the FWC. Some of the species sold include the Bushmaster. Uh, The Rhinoceros Viper, the African Bush Viper, Gaboon Viper, the Green Mamba, the Eyelash Viper, and here's a few that you may be more familiar with. How about the Spitting Cobra, a Forest Cobra, and some what's known as Saw-Scale Vipers, all of these highly venomous. I know the Green Mamba will kill you one bite, period, you're done. Some of these snakes are among the most dangerous in the world, Major Randy Boland said of the Florida uh, Wildlife Commission. Florida's rules and regulations are in place to protect the public from uh, these tragedies from occurring. A substantial portion of the illegal activity was conducted on specialized websites or closed social media pages. Um, the, the dark web, essentially. Once the deals were arranged, in-person meetings were set up to conduct the transactions. And some of the people who were involved included wholesale dealers who imported large shipments of uh, non-native venomous snakes from multiple countries across across the globe. Uh, agents secured search warrants for many of the social media accounts and worked in conjunction with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources the actions of individuals such as the ones charged today make our jobs harder. That from the medical director and investigator in Florida on this case. Um, one of the eight individuals arrested was Timothy Gould. He's 38 of Central City, Pennsylvania. Gould is, is a well-established wildlife transporter, and he had 27 illegal snakes in his possession when he was arrested. Uh, during the, this investigation, officer saw and heard disturbing evidence of widespread illegal activity, not the least of which were individuals who were in, who indicated that they were uh, releasing or planning to release prohibited reptiles into native habitats to establish an accessible wild breeding population. For what freaking purpose? I, I- guess
1: to resell. Um, I don't know. Is this like the evolution of adrenaline junkies? I mean they're it's yeah. like the people that that own uh pit bulls and and uh
0: oh, and nothing j- wrong with pit bulls. Well I, I think Remember that, you you already got attacked like crazy <laughs> over that. I, I know a lot think, of people that have pit bulls uh, well, and no problems. I think
1: uh, there are a lot of people that, that have them that do have problems, and they're also kind of like they're, a gateway drug to some of these Oh, my God. Some you're going to get snakes. so roasted. You need a, you need a sweet Brussels Griffon in you your house. You can get torn up. Okay, but this is, but, I mean, I, I can't believe people are uh, – that's a pet? A rhino viper? I mean, wh- how big is a freaking rhino viper? I mean, look, I don't,
0: I have never won. I don't know how big they are. I would imagine they're, it's not really the size, it's the venom. I mean, you can mama. have like, like a small snake that one bite will kill you. But, uh, and I mean, it'd be kind of, it's weird to say, but it'd be kind of cool to have a, a cobra <laughs> in a cage. No, I, mean, I didn't play with it. It'd be <laughs> neat to watch, you know. I, I do uh, not. Look, do people snakes. go, how many people go to zoos and they go through the snake part and they got them in the aquariums and there's lots of poisonous snakes in those uh people are are just infatuated with snakes i mean mike Tyson had a, a tiger that well, that's he played different with. that's a
1: tiger that's <laughs> tiger's, that's tigers a tiger will bite
0: your freaking head oh oh yeah he's real friendly tiger ask friendly. ask the guys from las vegas <laughs> uh, what, what, who were they Penn and or something. that somebody? was
1: during a different period of mike's life yeah. he's he's calm down. oh i i agree But,
0: you know, uh, and it was cool when he did it. it. But, I mean.
1: But, you look, you see all kinds of videos. Don Johnson had an alligator. You you see all kinds of videos online of people (laughs) cuddling with their grizzly bear pet or or with with a tiger or a lion. Yeah. Or a non-venomous snake. I don't see anything. I don't see anybody online on the couch laying down with their spitting cobra or uh, a rhino viper you know, kissing each other and hugging on that. I mean, these things. Well,
0: it would be, yeah, be one that you would just want to observe. But if you, I'm not defending it. I don't think anybody should have them either. I'm just saying I could see some individual that was, you know, had an affluent, a lot of money just to waste or whatever, and he wanted a Cobra to have in his house because it was cool when his buddies came over and he said, want to check out my Cobra?
1: I just can't believe there's a market for it. And I can't believe some of these people are trying to, you know, breed these things in the wild. Yeah, that's and, uh,
0: that's insane. That that does. I mean, I hope because they a,
1: multiply quick too. I wonder what Woody would have. Why didn't Woody want to do that story? That would have been, I think, right up Woody's alley doing that story. He probably would have talked about just great ways to just cook those things up and serve them. And, He'd say, "I don't think so." Okay. Well, you ever hear the phrase uh, "equal treatment under the law"?
0: Sure. All the time.
1: Yeah. Well, this story is about not so equal treatment under the law. It's really pretty tragic. So, this occurred up in the Oakland, California area. A millionaire who killed a California father by plowing into him with his car before fleeing the scene has avoided jail by gaming the system, according to proce- uh, prosecutors. Hmm. Piedmont wealth manager Timothy Hamano, age 67, has been blasted as a, quote, disgusting coward by Angie Bray, who is the widow of the guy he killed, this guy Gregory Turnage, who was only 41. Uh, Hamano appears to have evaded justice ever since the May 2021 crash. This happened in May of 2021. Twenty-one. Yeah, that's ha- what she said. Hamano pleaded no contest to charges of felony vehicular manslaughter and fleeing the scene of an accident on Tuesday. So he just pleaded on Tuesday. He's accused of plowing the white Lexus into a parked car in Oakland, striking turnage as he walked along the sidewalk. Hamano is accused of fleeing that scene and, believe it or not, leaving his own wife in the passenger seat with an inflated airbag in his car. So he left his wife in his car, Mm. left the dying guy in the sidewalk and walked away from the scene. Right. Prosecutors said he even approached turnage as he lay dying on the sidewalk, but instead of calling emergency services, he just turned away and walked. The guy didn't even call 911. Mm -hmm. Oakland police issued an arrest warrant for Hermano the day after the crash and he turned himself in uh, to police. Cops obtained uh, restaurant receipts indicating that he had been drinking before the crash, but prosecutors did not have enough evidence to charge him with driving while intoxicated. Vadim Nabuchin, who is the lawyer representing uh, Turnage's family, said Hamano's attorney have been deliberately delaying proceedings for almost three years so that he could avoid jail. Hamano originally paid $125,000 bail back in August of 21, meaning he's been able to spend the past... Four year, uh, three and a half years, uh, on home detention in his apartment wearing an ankle monitor. Court documents show his wife recently filed for divorce. When he entered his plea last week, Alameda County Superior Judge Kimberly Colwell said she would likely give him six years in jail, which is the maximum term for uh, a manslaughter conviction. But defendants usually serve only half of that term under California law. If you do that calculation, Hamano only has three months left on the manslaughter sentence. Because well,
0: that would assume that he got all his good time and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, they count
1: they count the the time served with the ankle moni- uh, uh, monitor on house arrest right. as 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 uh, within that okay. uh, that sentence. And mm-hmm. the norm is to cut the sentence in half. And so the judge not only said he could spend his uh, that she was going to apply that uh, that precedent, but that he could spend the remaining time, which is just a few months, uh, under house arrest rather than having to go to jail at all. So this guy will have committed manslaughter, killed this guy, walked away from the scene, left his own wife in the car, and never actually spent a day in jail. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mind-blowing. Um, so that that the lawyer went on to say that the judge would have... Uh, Uh, would have jailed Hamano sooner if he had entered a plea any earlier. So I don't exactly understand how the system works to where he could be out on bail but not have to enter a plea, an official plea for three years, but he didn't. He adds that the case has set a disturbing precedent. The case sends a very clear message. If you're drunk, you are driving, and you kill someone, run away. It's way better for you. Well, in this particular case— That certainly ends up having been true. Turnage's widow, Angie Bray, said she has moved out of Oakland's Glenview neighborhood so that her young son would not have to walk past the scene of his father's death on the way to school. That's certainly understandable. She blasted Hamano as a disgusting coward in the wake of the judge's decision to leave him on house arrest. For over the last two and a half years, I've attended every hearing she wrote on her Facebook account. And over these last two and a half years of attending, I've had to helplessly sit and watch hearing after hearing be continued for a total of 16 continuances. How's that happen? The defense knew they needed to run out a three-year clock in order for Hamano to evade any real accountability, and the complacency and apathy of the courts and the DA's office assisted in their success. The man that killed Greg, that's her husband, while he was on a, a walk on Mother's Day in 2021 is literally getting away with murder and will not spend a single day in jail. Wow. Yeah, I
0: don't know why it would take three years to to enter a plea. Normally, you enter a plea right at the beginning. I mean, 16. when you're charged, you enter you enter a plea, and then you go – I could see going through years of back and forth uh, and then agreeing to a manslaughter charge, uh, you know, when you were charged with a, a higher crime and you do a plea bargain. But,
1: Sixteen continuances. So uh, – Look, I hate to say it, That's but crazy. this guy was a wealthy money manager. Mm-hmm. You know, money, power, uh, you know, gives you the ability to influence some of these things. I mean, this is just so blatantly unfair. I mean, justice is not how that judge is not able to. If the if the maximum sentence is six years, why do they automatically cut it in half? Especially I'm sorry. knowing what's I know, but but. I don't know. It just seems so unbelievably unfair that this woman gets no justice for what this guy did to her husband. But yeah, anyway, well, we're going to get to Tennessee in a
0: Tennessee woman has been found guilty of killing a friend who had been given custody of her two children on Monday. A jury in Johnson city, Tennessee found a Ned Harvey 54 guilty of premeditated first degree murder uh, aggravated burglary and commission of a felony in the 2021 stabbing death of a psychology professor named Robin Leonard, who was 50. The jury j- deliberated for only three hours. Uh, Harvey stabbed Leonard at her home multiple times on January 18th of 2021. Leonard was taken to a local hospital and died of her injuries 11 days later. Harvey fled the scene but was arrested later that day. Harvey is scheduled to be sentenced on May 1st and faces life in prison. She was also fined $125,000. Uh, Her attorney argued that she had been suffering from a mental health crisis when she attacked Leonard, but was unable to get help from anyone. Annette Harvey did not have the sound of mind to think her way into the commission of a crime. Defense attorney Don Spurl told the jury, yeah, bullshit. Uh, Before the stabbing, Leonard had been given uh, temporary custody of Harvey's children when Harvey was sent for a mental evaluation. After Harvey got out of the hospital, she kidnapped her children from Leonard and tried to take them to the home of her former pastor, who turned her away. Police were called, and the children were returned to Leonard, who moved the children to another location uh, for safety. And then on the morning of January 18th, 2021, Harvey showed up at Leonard's house with a knife, and a struggle ensued, and Leonard was stabbed. When Harvey left the home, Leonard called 911 and told the dispatcher that Harvey had attacked her. Um, Leonard's family was grateful for the verdict, and they thanked the DA office for really hard work on behalf of her sister so that she could have justice.
1: Well, this is highly unlikely in the world of dumb criminals, but we're going to the exact same little town in Florida where Friday's dumb criminal committed his dumb crime. <laughs> Very a little, unlikely. A little place called Lady Lake, Florida, where Lady Lake. some, going like I don't Pinellas know, something, something's in the water and local residents are losing their minds. So, listen to this one. A serial shoplifter in a motorized shopping cart was apprehended after fleeing Home Depot in Lady Lake. Yes, that's right. This is the same place that our genius 39-year-old fighter with the handicap sticker got arrested. What the F is going on in Lady Lake? Well, Violet Rose Gardner, 57, of Lady Lake, was riding in a store-provided motorized shopping cart on Thursday afternoon when she caught the eye of a store loss prevention officer. Moments later, Gardner was seen allegedly placing a Bluetooth speaker in her purse and then adding an electrical socket to her bounty. Mm. Strange items. Gardner, still traveling in the motorized shopping cart, then made her move to escape. She made the move we've all been tempted to make at some point. She motored into the sparsely populated area of all Home Depots, the garden shop. And once there, she scanned her path and put the cart's pedal to the metal, charting a beeline to the parking lot. But this particular Home Depot loss prevention officer didn't just fall off a turnip truck. He had remained at a distance, watching Gardner's every move until it became his time to pounce. He intercepted her cart just as it crossed over into the lot. The loss prevention officer then asked Gardner to return inside with him. Gardner handed over the stolen merchandise— But then in a surprise move, she jumped off the mobility scooter and sprinted further into the lot towards a vehicle that lay in waiting. The vehicle appeared to be her getaway car and had a female driver at the wheel at the ready. But in pursuit of her was Lady Lake, Florida's version of Denzel Washington in the Equalizer. (laughs) A loss prevention officer like few before him. The officer was simply too fast for Gardner, and as he gained on her rapidly, she realized— her effort was futile, and she yelled to her getaway car driver, "Get away!" Guess what? That's why they call them yeah, getaway, getaway drivers. drivers. And and so she yelled, "Get away!" And tires screeched as the 2006 Malibu with Gardner's friend behind the wheel began to drive away. However, she was stopped minutes later by police just down the road. The driver said that Gardner had just asked her for a ride to Home Depot and that she had no idea her friend was going to try and <laughs> rob the place. Gardner had six previous theft convictions due to her previous criminal history. She was arrested on a felony charge of theft and a misdemeanor charge of resisting a merchant. Mm. I guess that's a, uh, that's a new one. On that's one day. Yeah, she was a merchant. booked at the Lake County jail and released after posting $3,500 bond. Apparently the cops bought the escape driver's story as she got off without being charged. All this for a Bluetooth speaker and an electrical socket. And a feature dumb criminals. Lady Lake, Florida. I think we need a real-life real-crime daily field trip to Lady Lake to find out what the hell is going on down there. Sounds cozy over there, Lady Lake.
0: They stole what? Uh, we haven't yep. had one of those in a we while. We have had a little they stole what action going on lately, but we have one today. And uh, we're going to go way back. 200 years, as a matter of fact, as a painting of George Washington that dates back to the 1800s was stolen from an Englewood, Colorado storage unit last month. Uh, police police announced that theft on Tuesday and believe the painting was stolen in the middle of the night on January 10th, but the theft wasn't discovered right away. Of course, it's in a storage unit, right? How often do you go to your storage unit? So it's not often that we have historical artifacts or historical art pieces stolen from this city. Inglewood uh, police said but the portrait had been owned by the family for 50 years and was created in the early 1800s it's approximately 24 inches by 30 inches and it's in a gold frame and police stated that the value is undeclosed and hard to estimate due due to its historical significance it's a fairly heirloom family heirloom and they just want it back the oh, f- wait, so these people are part of the Washington they're related to Washington must be. I mean, it's a family heirloom. Well, or it could be one of their the family artist. received could the... it. Could be the artist. It could be uh, someone in their family received it. Maybe they were friends with George Washington, received the painting, and then just it stayed in the family. Mm. You know? Okay. Right, right. The FBI is partnering with local law enforcement to track down the painting and asking for the public's help in finding that sto- stolen portrait of George Washington. Now, um... I can tell you that value is pretty high. Um you're hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh many, maybe even a million dollars for that painting. That's an original. Why would it be in a storage facility? I don't know. That's that is the number one question. Um
1: Well, <laughs> How I, you is know it, it might be, it old? might
0: be safer in in a storage facility than in a house, really. I mean, they've got those storage facilities, those uh, LifeLock storage facilities or whatever that are 10 feet, you know, there's tallest tall as skyscrapers. They're pretty safe up in there, man. That's like a vault. But I, if I had that sort of art, would keep that proudly displayed somewhere.
1: Well, and my doesn't house or in my office. Okay, so it's such a rare item. Certainly not an item somebody who's just robbing shit out of a storage facility would expect to find. It sounds like there's some kind of inside jobby here because could that be. was stolen from uh, a storage facility. Somebody had to know it was there. Yeah. Well,
0: maybe, or they just broke it in.
1: Could be somebody in George's family who's pissed. Could be one of them. People from storage wars. It could be them. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great show. Storage wars. Shout out. It is. Or they fight over the value of it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one would have probably been worth a lot. I don't know. I, there's more to that. Just uh, follow some money. That one closely. That's All right. a good one. Well, there you go. George they stole Washington the... portrait.
0: George Washington. All right, you gotta do. You gotta do the Woody thing. Oh my God! <laughs> I had to do it for. Him. Oh my God!
1: There you go. What is it, Mike? We doing kinky Crown? Woody is missing out, but audience, you are not. This can only happen in Pinellas County. Did you ever see Frozen? You a fan of Frozen? i you have daughters. I so mean, you I had wouldn't call that. myself a fan, but, but you probably had to yes. do the movie. Oh, and the yes. Th- okay, yes. So they I don't even, Okay, okay movie, so yeah. do you know who the Olaf character was yeah. in oh, Okay, yeah. so I've I've seen this character before, but I couldn't have given you his name. But Olaf is the uh, It's the character's name. Oh, my God. This is hard to believe. A Florida man was arrested Tuesday after being caught having sex with a stuffed animal inside of Target. Mm. Witnesses told police they saw Cody Meter, 20-year-old, take a large Olaf doll from Frozen off the store shelves at a St. Pete location and begin to dry hump the toy. Oh, my gosh. The police report claims meter ejaculated Uh, on the Olaf doll and then put it back on the the shelf before he selected uh, a large unicorn stuffed animal instead. I guess sex with Olaf isn't that great. So he upgraded to a large unicorn, um, which he he began to have sex with that large stuffed unicorn immediately after that meter was taken into custody while in the store and admitted to doing quote stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, he was arrested and charged with criminal mischief. The Olaf and unicorn stuffed animals were removed from the store and they say destroyed. Hmm. Hmm. I I would, Mm. I would bet they were, (laughs)
0: I don't think they're going to try to clean those off and put them back on the shelf. Oh my God.
1: That is, uh, that's target. There had gotta to be, be the most bizarre. There had to be run. some surveillance video of this. If it happened in target.
0: Oh, there had to be, I mean, that all of those, all of those, uh, mass shopping, you know, your targets, your Walmart's, uh, Kmart's if they're still around, they all, they have top notch security cameras. Don't, don't let it fool you. I mean, three sixty degree stuff that'll zoom in on a, what has you know, happened in a 20, year, a
1: 20 year old from Pinellas County's life mm. that puts him inside of a Target dry uh, humping uh, Olaf from Frozen? You got
0: me. But that is kinky. <laughs> Way kinky. So there it is. That is your kinky crown. Oh my God. For Monday.
1: <laughs> so bad. So bad. Oh, Olaf. Poor poor Olaf. Mike any final thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Olaf shampoos his coat with <laughs> to uh to uh, get that out, but hopefully if they did uh, if they didn't destroy him, they uh they cleaned him up. But Yeah. Um uh, happy to get our captain back for the next episode and, sure about that? well, eh, odds are good. Odds are good. Odds are good. Unless there's been a board action I'm not aware of any oh, board God, action don't start that. Well, you know, he's done no some shit. Action. He's done some shit. But usually the, the board wants to be public about punishments and such. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's he's run uh, into trouble with them. But you never know. Confident he'll, he will be back. Yeah. All right. We'll let you know on social. We'll let you know. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. Oh, I'm going to do peace again with you.
0: And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Aglets.